Welcome to the Inside Texas football YouTube channel powered by InsideTexas.com. I'm your host, Justin Wells, with the managing publisher, main man Eric Nalin. Uh, Eric, we got a lot to talk about this week because we actually get football this week. Uh, we've been we've been a little bit in holiday mode, it seems like, in recruiting mode for the last almost month. And yep. now, with our man Joe Cook on the scene in New Orleans, let's talk Sugar Bowl. Texas has a big game coming up pretty soon. Uh, five days, four days actually, before before the big, big shindig. And now they're finally in New Orleans. Let's, we're going to talk a little bit about kind of what the practice you know, routine is going to look like. We're going to talk a little bit about what, some of the things we've heard uh, over the last few days, you know, team related. We're, we're going to talk a little bit about um, Arch Manning and, and him, him and his backup role. And then we're going to finish it off with some linebacker talk for the 2025 recruiting class with Anthony Williams making his decision on New Year's Day. Uh, but first, the most important thing, I need you to like and subscribe. Uh, the Inside Texas YouTube channel, channel, give us a shot, give us a chance. Uh, be sure and, and take care of that, the like and subscribe, so you will always be notified when we are here ready to deliver. Eric, Sark is routine-oriented. I think we've kind of learned that about him. He likes, he likes having everything in order. He likes having it all, you know, mapped out for him what how 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 are they changing this up because they, they went from a normal routine during the season now it's a playoff kind of routine how has that changed a little bit and what's the team doing well basically they're teaching they're treating mondays like saturdays and building their week around that so you know normally they'd have their bloody tuesday <clears throat> this week as they get back to the practice field for the first time in a real way rather than walkthroughs you know thursday will be their bloody their bloody tuesday uh, Sunday will be their Friday, you know, where they're in the team hotel and they're, they're doing team activities and uh, more walkthrough and meetings based rather than practicing. So last week, they, they basically got themselves on this schedule last week. So last week was a practice week of their game week, which they're in now. Uh, so he's basically, yeah, he's just a creature of habit. Um, you know, I think he got that from both uh, Pete Carroll and Nick Saban. Uh, these guys need structure. Um, you know, when you when you have your structure, you don't have any surprises uh, during the during the week. Everybody knows what's expected of them. The, the you know, timing and accountability is on point. Uh, so that's where they're at right now. You know, that's they, they, they're knocking off the cobwebs from the uh, from the, the little holiday layover. They got back uh, Christmas night at around 10 o'clock, reported back so that they were hit, ready to hit the ground running on Tuesday. Uh, but now they're back at practice today. I can't wait to get what hear what notes we're hearing from. You know, I guarantee they're going to be anxious to hit. Uh, they've had a couple of days of layoff, light practices. Uh, today's Bloody Tuesday, even though it's Thursday. We'll, we'll see what notes we get for tomorrow. You know, Sark talked about it yesterday. Uh, this team is kind of creatures of habit. You know, the first two years, this was a player-led program. I mean, a, a coach-led program, rather. Now it's player-led. And he had mentioned guys like Jordan Whittington and Jalen Ford not really wanting to take time off. They yeah. like to grind. That you know, they asked Jordan Whittington, "What's his, you know, what's your favorite part of this?" And he said, "The actual grind. You know, when do you get to enjoy it?" He goes, "I enjoy the grind." You know, he's soaking right. that up, and so they want to be. You know, Sark also mentioned about being physical, and I think that's 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 all feels like coach speak. Every every defensive coach ever has mentioned being physical, and, and head coach for that matter. He wants to be physical. Texas might have an advantage. On the offensive line and defensive line, on the line of scrimmage, it feels like the Horns could have a big advantage over Washington. They want to establish that physicality. Yep. How do they go about doing that? Because, it, you know, obviously you're going to have the same padded practices as before, but that could be something where they, they can separate from Washington. How are they going to get that done? 
Well, you know, Sark often says that the team takes on the mindset of the coach. And, you know, despite his uh, reputation for being an offensive guru and, and a play calling genius and quarterback uh, whisper and all these things, uh, he understands that at its core, the football is about physicality. So uh, if you remember the game leading up to Kansas State, how many times did he mention physicality going up uh, into that week? Probably more so than ever. Uh, obviously, against Alabama, he knew he had to match physicality. Uh, so despite his reputation for being an offensive side of the ball, I think that's another uh, example of when it's really benefited him to, to come up under Carroll and Saban, two defensive-minded coaches. If he truly understands the value of physicality, that's what separates him from a guy like Lincoln Riley, who's never had a, a really tough team. Uh, and he knows going into this game that physicality is something that benefits them. They know that they're a, an SEC team on the offensive line and on the defensive line. Uh, you know, Washington has a very good offensive line, but they have not seen the animals that Texas has up front. Uh, and so I think he understands that that's a, that's a big advantage. And if they do play physical up front, you know, you got to like Texas' chances, especially running the ball. If they run the ball well uh, through a physical running attack, it's going to set up Quinn Ewers for a lot of success. So at its core, he understands where the game calls. Everything else is bells and whistles. Yeah, and it's unique because there, there's so many other factors uh, that we're going to get to. But also, we want to take this time real quick to, to let everybody know about Andre the Lawyer. The man, Andre the Lawyer, you got to call him, 214-444-8808. Andre is located in Dallas, Texas. He's going to help you out with any any injured Longhorns, anybody for that matter, car wrecks, slips, falls, uh, wrongful deaths, 18-wheeler accidents. Andre is a proud member of the Inside Texas membership. We love having him. He's a great guy. He does a lot of good for a lot of people. Andre, if you're hearing this and you want and you want him to help you, give him a shout, 214-444-8808. That's Andre the Lawyer. Give him a shout. Give him a chance. We got a backup quarterback now, Eric, that's not named Malik Murphy. And yep. for the most part, I think – you know, Malik was the backup for majority of the season. We do know Arch got some run with the twos during a good chunk of the season. He's prepared. We we know that. I don't know if there's been a guy that's arrived in Austin more prepared at the quarterback position than Arch Manning was in January. I mean, the kid is bred <laughs> prepared. That's just yeah. sort of how it works. Um, a, a handful of the, the the area Austin news channels went to go see Nelson Stewart yesterday, the head football coach at Isidore Newman down in New Orleans, Arch Manning's head coach. And he starts telling all the stories that the Inside Texas readers have actually already heard and read about the playbook, the numbers, everything that was similar, all gas, no breaks. Arch Manning is now the backup. He's getting a little bit more of attention because he's coming home. He's actually going to get to play in the, in the dome in his backyard you know, how significant is it that he is prepared, he is ready, and if something were to happen, God forbid, with, with Quinn, how you know how comfortable would you be seeing number 16 trot out on the field? Well, I'd be really comfortable. I mean, it would, you know, you don't want to see it, uh, but that it would it would add an element of excitement too. You know, he could still uh work the easy check down game and, and use his legs to if if he's even if he's flustered and, and the downfield passing attack isn't working, uh, there's still things that he can lean on uh, to be successful. But uh, you know, as it was told to me, he's the most prepared quarterback on the on the team as far as understanding the game plan. That doesn't mean he's the most prepared when it comes to executing when it's when it's game speed. Uh, but as far as understanding the checkdowns and the you know the progressions of the passing attack, he knows it better than anybody in the classroom. And he prepares, you know, he prepares like you'd expect with that last name and who his uncles are and who his grandfather is. Um, he's just well schooled. He was bred for this, and uh, yeah, he, there's a lot of faith in him, uh, not just because he's talented physically, but because he's so prepared mentally. And you know, he. He takes, it, he takes his role very seriously, even if he is just the backup. 
And that's that, you know, that, that that's a big thing. You know, Sark wants these guys prepared. And, and and I think we talked about this before. There's a prerequisite for for offensive players, especially quarterbacks. You got to enroll early. That that that's the new rule at Texas. I think that's kind of the new standard. And Arch Manning is is the antithesis of that. That guy was so <laughs> that guy had been on a plan to graduate early, probably since he began high school. And, and so, you know, he's trying to con- continue that tradition. New Orleans is, is a cool vibe. It's kind of cool that he's getting to play in his first bowl game and it's going to be in his backyard. Him and tight end Will Randall, for that matter. Well, you, um, got, you got Baron Sorrell back there. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting. You've got two of uh, Texas's fertile recruiting grounds in the two playoff uh, games, you know, with Houston uh, next week, if they can if they can make it that far. But, yeah, it's a homecoming for a lot of those guys. You know, Wardo Max signed in this class too. I'm sure he'll he'll be uh, nosing around bowl practices and stuff. So yeah, it's a pretty exciting time for for Arch. But hopefully, we don't see him. I, I hate the fact that Derek Williams is going to have to set a half in yeah. his backyard. Another like one, I right? hate that 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 it, it seems a little unfair for the Raptor. But hey, we we stole him from Jurassic Park, and so this that's the way it works. Yeah, there's a lot of Louisiana flavor there, and I think Texas is going to continue to recruit there. Uh, especially with the, with the talent there and, and Terry Joseph having such good ends in that region. Um, that kind of is a nice little segue to a little recruiting. Let's talk 2025. We just finished 2024 yep. and we took a breath and we blinked and now it's 2025. And now we got to start this circus all over again, man. I love it. This is not the circus part of it though. I love it. The early going is when you get to evaluate, get to know the kids, their, their heads haven't ballooned yet. Uh, not that all of their heads balloon, but some of them do. Uh, this is when they want to talk. They're open. Uh, the information that you gather in these early months is very important to telling you, helping you put the picture uh, together later in the, in the year when they're not quite as uh, expressive. They're not quite as open with uh, with reporters. Uh, so this is my favorite, absolute favorite time of recruiting is when it starts anew. You get to evaluate, get to learn them, get to learn their stories. And like I said, it's before they, uh, they the, the stars have caught up to them yet. Yeah. Uh, here's one of those names we need to know. Paraland Shadow Creek linebacker Anthony Williams. Listen, we're going we're, we're gonna to measure him about 6'3", 190 pounds. This is a guy that has been on campus a ton of times. I, I'm not sure if people – I mean, people at Inside Texas are familiar, but this kid has been been taking a lot of trips to, to UT over the last year. Uh, they're also recruiting some of his teammates, notably corner Kobe Sellers. And, and Shadow Creek's got a nice little, nice little uh, program building up there, uh, you know, since they took over in that, in that area, in that region. Anthony Williams would be a good get. He's going to decide on New Year's Day. He decided he doesn't want recruiting reporters to have a day off. He decided New Year's Day sounds like a good time. Um, he's got 30-something offers, E. He's got Oregon. He's got Notre Dame. He's got Nebraska. He's got Auburn. He's got every conference basically coming after him. He's an outside linebacker with some twitch and a really, really good motor and a really, really good frame. If Anthony Williams picks the Texas Longhorns on on Monday, what kind of player would the Horns be getting at the linebacker spot in 2025? Uh, They're getting a high upside athlete with a lot of length. Uh, It's, you know, his length plus his ability to play in space is almost like having an extra defender out there. Uh, He's very long, as you said, 6'3", 190. Um, you know, a lot of people have uh, voiced some concern over the weight. It's 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 amazing to still hear people that follow recruiting uh, be concerned about weight for a for a 16 year old a junior in high school. Um, it's it's nauseating actually. The kid is going to be 225, 230 pounds with ease. Uh, it's not a concern at all. He's got a lot of places to put weight. He's got a lot of time to put weight on. You eat, you lift, you lift weights. Uh, you know, you've got nothing to worry about at that age. Go look at a picture of Marvin Overshone. 
a junior in high school when, you know, everybody said he was going to play safety and it's pretty obvious he was long-term going to be a linebacker. Uh, there's no concerns, almost ever concerns about a linebacker putting on weight. If Maurice Blackwell can play linebacker at his size, who was 6'2", 185 in high school, uh, there's nothing to worry about here uh, with Williams. Also, his dad is 6'4", 300-something pounds, played offensive line, defensive line at Baylor. Absolutely zero concerns about his size. Uh, now, you'll see him playing edge a lot in the high school. That's kind of how Shadow Creek uses him. He's an outside linebacker. Um, but Texas has been selling him up, you know, on, on the Anthony Hill role as far as, you know, playing edge uh, on passing downs, but also right. playing true inside linebackers on first and second down. So he fits the script that way. Um, and, you know, he can he could play Will linebacker, which is what uh, Overshone played, or he can maybe even grow into a Mike long term. Uh, but he's a high upside player. I disagree with a three star rating for him. Uh, you know, I think the mental eval is, is extremely high. This is a kid that's not uh, not looking to commit early just to get in the headlines. He's looking for a home right now. He's done a lot of homework. Uh, in addition to talking to Jeff Choate, who's leaving from Nevada, he's talked to, to Sarkeesian and PK quite a bit. Uh, so he's familiar with the coaching staff. He's uh, familiar with the scheme. Uh, and he likes a lot of things about Texas. So, uh, you know, they're going to take a big linebacker class. And, you know, I don't think there's any better way to start that linebacker class than with a high upside athlete. And I think it needs to be known that his best relationship with Jeff Choate and Jeff Choate's leaving in, in potentially two weeks to become the full-time head coach at Nevada, and he could still commit to Texas. I, I think that goes unnoticed a little bit. You, you, your main primary contact is actually leaving, and yet you still want to go to that school. I actually got to catch up with him a few days ago, and and that was one of the things that stood out about Texas. He said, man, the coaches treat me like family, like – each yeah. one adds kind of a different element. He goes, I love getting to know each one of them from Sark to Cho to PK. Um, I, I think Texas did a really good job in the evaluation here. I, I, I agree with you when, you when you talked about not seeing that three-star rating look. It, we see that from time to time. Tavondre Sweat was a three-star that, that, that was skinny at 240 in high school. And we've seen what that guy has grown yeah. into. Jalen so, Ford, Ford was a three-star. I mean, the list goes yeah. on and on. You know, they, they've done a lot of homework on him. You know, um, He's trained by Donnie Baggs, former AM linebacker from uh, the Clear Lake, uh, Clear Lake area. Um, and I talked I talked to Baggs yesterday. Baggs has a, actually a pretty decent relationship with Jeff Choate. Uh, and it's clear that Choate laid the groundwork there, similar to what he did with Ty Anthony Smith. But it wasn't just about Choate. It's the whole – it's the overall sell, the holistic appeal of Texas. It's the scheme. It's the school. It's the education. Uh, it's the fact that they're – you know, players are getting developed. Um, I think that that what was what weighed easy on Hills on Williams' mind with uh, Cho departing is that scheme's not going to change. You know, PK is yeah. still there, uh, and, and the relationships with the head man are not going to change. So, yeah, if, if 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 it ends up being Texas, which you know, I kind of you know, I think there's a lot of optimism it will be. Um, you know, he's comfortable with that decision. You don't have to worry about a, a you know late cycle flip or anything like that. He's going to be locked in. Now he can focus on uh, he can focus on on development development and, and working on his teammate Kobe Sellers. I would bet a decent amount of money if Texas gets Williams, uh, they'll end up getting Sellers as well. Those two have, have grown extremely close uh, in the last year. Big fan of Sellers. Uh, everybody inside Texas knows about Kobe. Big big time cornerback for Shadow Creek. Uh, also has some offensive uh, exploits to his game. Eric, the next time you and I meet up for, for, for our video on the YouTube channel, we're going to talk about post game. It's going to be after Texas and Washington. So I'm going to put you on the spot one final time for our fans. Give me a prediction. Oh, I want a prediction. I had to do one on the air yesterday. You're going to have to do one today. Man, I'm just getting in the groove of truly, truly thinking about this game. Um, 
Yeah, I like Texas. I like Texas in this game uh, schematically. I think um, they have some differentiators that, that Washington – Washington they have a lot of the same components, but then Texas has things that Washington doesn't quite have, That not, notably that defensive line, uh, a, a better run game, more reliable run game. Uh, obviously, both, both have high-octane passing attacks. Uh, but I like the fundamentals of Texas on the lines. Uh, the offensive line versus their D-line is an is a advantage Texas, I think. Not that Texas offensive line is better than Washington's offensive line, but that doesn't matter. They don't go up against each other. Uh, and then you got Texas defensive line versus their offensive line. And I like Texas's defensive line there as well. Uh, so I think the game's going to be made uh, maybe a little bit easier for Quinn than it's going to be made for Phoenix. So that's advantage Texas. Uh, I think the offensive skill players are a bit of a stalemate, but uh, they don't have a Jatavian Sanders. So, you know, there's another advantage. So, you know, I like Texas. This could come down to the headsets, cat and mouse, chess games between the coordinators. Uh, and there it's, you know, might be more of a push. DeBoer is, is quite good. Uh, Ryan Grubb's offense coordinator is quite good. Yeah. Um, but overall, I think Texas just has a little bit more talent, a little bit more size and physicality. Uh, and I think just as good at coaching. And it's obviously a hungry team. Both teams are hungry. Washington showed a lot of heart when they came back, and a lot of people had them uh, losing to Oregon. I think they're a nine-point dog. Uh, yeah. So they've got heart. Their battle test is just as much as Texas. They're experienced. Uh, they have a lot of experience, more experience than Texas even. Uh, they're not going to be an easy team to play, uh, without a doubt. Uh, but I like 30s, 20s Texas. I'm thinking 37-27 Texas. I'll probably go. I'm going to write that down and see if I stick to that. I was going to say, that's actually very close to what I said uh, yesterday on the air. I, I, I've got Texas because of the line of scrimmage. Very similar to, to what you had just described. I, I think they have their advantages on the line of scrimmage. Uh, if Washington, they're chunk yardage monsters, and, and if they're going to take advantage of Texas, it'll be those safeties. But I feel like it's still going to be a good game. I got Texas winning 35, uh, 35 to 30. I think they're going to win with that physicality, with the ability to run the football, the ability to be complimentary. I think that's the biggest key right now for Texas is they're going to be complimentary. It's going to be a shootout. I think Alabama and Michigan is going to be a slobber knocker. Like it's going to be a three yards and cloud of dust type game, 13 to 10 type score. Texas and Washington will be a shootout. And then I'll leave this one final thought. Has anybody ever beat Nick Saban twice in one year? Has there ever been a coach – and that, that's going to be something for our readers and our listeners and our viewers to think about. We're going, we'll touch on that again. Be sure and check in the Inside Texas YouTube channel powered by InsideTexas.com. Please like it. Please subscribe. Please hang out with us. Come see us at InsideTexas.com. This really is a lot of fun. This is the best time. We just wrapped up 2024 recruiting. We were already getting smack dab in the middle of 2025. They've already got three commits. They're looking to add a number four. But Washington, Texas, that's the big game. We're talking about it. Come see us. I'm your host, Justin Wells, with my main man, Eric Nalene, to my side. We appreciate you. Please like, subscribe. Come see us at InsideTexas.com. And until next week, hook them.